Hey everyone, this is Alice Lee, your host here at CraftCast.com. And on today's show, I'll be talking to Mr. Eric Bergen, also known as Blake, uh, on Madam Secretary. Uh, as well as I have lots of other fun things to share with you, all kinds of new stuff. So let's get started. Show number 193. Starting the day again, oh yeah. Letting the sun shine in, uh oh. I'm gonna dig within myself, uh oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. Well, hello, everyone. Yes, it's me, Allison Lee, back here in front of the podcast microphone. It's been a while, I know, because we've been, oh, well, I've been involved with so many other things over at the craftcast.com site, but this is how it all started here in front of the mic, making podcasts, sharing with all of you uh, lots of great information and talking to people and uh, just really getting to hang out. So I'm excited to get back to doing some podcasts. And it's all very special because who is my guest today but Mr. Eric Bergen, uh, also known as Blake Moran, I believe is his last name on Madam Secretary, also known as Bob Gaudio as uh, a Jersey Boy movie. Oh, yes, lots of things happening there. So we're going to hear him talk all about his career uh, in a few minutes. But first, I wanted to share with you, okay, what's been going on? Well, I got married. I know. (laughs) Oh, yes. The month of August was all about getting married. How much fun was that? And if you follow uh, CraftCast over at uh, Facebook, you'll see lots of pictures there. Uh, And, oh, it was a fun, fun event. We really had a good time. And uh, even when they're small, they really take a lot of time and a lot of energy. There's nothing quite like the energy behind a wedding is all I got to (laughs) say. But we had a wonderful time at a beautiful inn, Pound Ridge, New York, with a wonderful chef there, Jean-Georges. I won't even try to say his last name. The food was redonkulous. So we, uh, everyone came in. It was a beautiful, beautiful afternoon and uh, drinks and then sat down to a fantastic brunch, just saying the truffle pizza is my favorite. Lots of laughing and, and saying hello to old dear friends. So wonderful. I think old dear, old dear, old dear friends are the best. Uh, and then in between when they were cleaning the table for dessert, we went outside to a beautiful patio and a dear friend of mine who's been, we've been friends since forever uh, as an ordained minister and she married us. So my son sang. It was all really fun. Then we went in and had fabulous desserts, came back here to the house afterwards and hung out. That's my idea of a good time. So that happened, just saying. Oh, and I had a beautiful dress. I'm going to tell you a quick quick story about the dress, all of you into fashion. So uh, back in April, I was actually shopping with my son, and there's a place in um, New York, it's sort of mid-New York, where they have outlets, but they also have some a few designer shops. He 
likes to buy this one particular designer, Tom Ford. So we go to that outlet a lot. He buys lots of his suits and the ba 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 there. So and I sit there watching, you know, as he goes in, tries everything on, uh, enjoying the whole thing. So afterwards, we came out, and he said, "Okay, now we're buying you a wedding dress." I'm like, oh, "Please!" And next door to it was Oscar De Laurenta. He goes, "We're going in here and buying you a wedding dress because I want you to look like how I want you to look like for one day." <laughs> so, and we went. First thing he pulled out, I said, because I'm not a dress person. I, I've gotten to be a dress person now, but more short, fun dresses. But at the time, I don't do the sort of flouncy and a lot of material and all that. Um, I actually have been working out a lot. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. Okay, so we go into Oscar de la Renta and... First thing he pulls out, I'm like, mm mm mm. Okay, second thing he pulls out is this adorable, sort of a dirndl skirt, short sleeve, boat neck top, uh, magenta and white, the magenta type flowers, Oscar de la Renta pattern that we're known for. And you can find a picture of this over on Facebook if you want to go look. And I thought, and sort of a st- stiffy, starchy, not that stiff, but a, uh, held its shape cotton stretch. That's right up my alley. I put this on and then tried to stand in heels. I did find some great heels afterwards, but it, it was perfect. It was sort of crazy. So there I was. I had this perfect Oscar de la Renta dress in five minutes. Oh, great part to this. Of course, it was an expensive dress, but it was in where they put things that didn't sell. You know, they had only had one of these. It was the only size they had. And... It started at 1500 but after they do all of the calculations and, I don't know, take off whatever codes because it's on sale, it was $205 with tax. So <laughs> doesn't get any better than that. Uh, so I walked out all of 15 minutes with a beautiful wedding dress, and it was perfect. And I got a fabulous necklace over at J. Crew, big magenta flowers. You have to go look at the picture. Uh so it all was really fabulous. And the funny part is, because I've been working out, um, it just so happened I found this fantastic workout group. I'm going to brag now. Since April 1st, it is now beginning of October. I've never missed a session. Three times a week. Anyway, two weeks before the wedding, my son says to me, because now I've been working out for months, and he says to me, have you tried on that dress? It is not going to fit you. Because I had changed, I've changed a lot in sizes, so I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. It stretches. He says it doesn't stretch in. I put the, I go in to New York with the dress to his tailor, and they had to take four inches out of the back. It was, it was a big dirndl skirt that didn't matter, but a little baggy in back. So, and it was very sweet. They did that for as a wedding gift for me. So, oh, it all worked out perfectly. So there you go. There's a little dress story there. Uh, and um, as one other plug, these heels I've gotten to wear, because you know how, well, I don't know if you're like me, but I cannot um, last long in a heel. So I, I think it was my sister-in-law, yeah, it was my sister-in-law who told me about um, these heels. I'm looking it up right now because I didn't have this prepped. Ani Lu, A-N-Y-I-L-U. They're not cheap, and I didn't have a good coupon for that. But I'm telling you, 
I wore the cutest little tulip heels. They were called slingbacks and nude. I could run across the street in. I could run more than across the street in. My feet never hurt. And that's what they specialize in, comfortable heels. Worth it. When I save my pennies, I'm buying them in black too. I will never have to buy another pair of black heels. That's how fantastic they are. So there's a little fashion. Uh, but just as also I got married, uh, the website, working behind the scenes, uh, updating craftcast.com. It looks all new, modern, and fresh, and has a new clean look. You know, it's like cleaning out your closet. And also behind the scenes, what you don't see is it's much faster and all that type of stuff as well. It's extremely secure for buying classes. So that is very exciting. I, I, love a, I love a new dress. I love a new fresh website, I'm just saying. So big shout out to all, all my guys who helped me get all that done. I just love it. Uh, yeah, so come over and check out craftcast.com. Oh, and hello, hello, hello. October 28th, 7.30 p.m., if you've missed it, you can get the recording. But it is the eight, count them, eight, I Love Tools free webinars. All I'm saying is we have a blast. I saw a quote from someone that said, um, I go to I Love Tools with a glass of wine in my charge card and buy everything. <laughs> so it's think of it as Oprah's My Favorite Things. I have um, seven other people who are demonstrating their favorite tools. Uh, and there's lots of coupon codes. I'm going to show you a bunch of stuff that I love as well. Uh, it's just a great way to see what's going on in the crafting world with new products, ideas, books, things. You know, it's getting to share with everyone. So uh, we love I Love Jewels. October 28th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's free. Uh, check on this site on craftcast.com. Any social media, you should be able to find the link to register. If not, if you've missed it, the recording is always available for free as well. Uh, on the craftcast.com site. So there you go. All right. Today's guest. Yes, today's guest is my son. Uh, But not just having him on because he's my son, because he's a really accomplished artist. He's worked very hard. Uh, You can now see him on CBS on Sunday nights, playing the role of Blake on the show Madam Secretary where he is assistant to the wonderful Taya Leone, fantastic actress. Great show. Really, really good show. I don't have to lie and say things. I love the show, and my son is on it. Uh, So uh, he's going to come on and talk um, all about what it was like to be in performing. I'm just going to say he's been doing it for a lot of years, even though he's still a young boy. He started really, really young. So you're going to get to hear all about that. Uh, And before we talk to him, today's music is a piece of his. Oh, yes. Uh, off of his latest album. Uh, this song is called Crazy Tonight. And uh, enjoy that. And come on back. And I'll be talking with Mr. Eric Perkin. Daddy, no. And I'll be waiting. 
exciting kickoff podcast of the new season here at craftcast.com and who do i have as my guest yes it is my son i was gonna lie and not say that but the truth is it is my son mr eric bergen currently also known as blake moran from madam secretary i hope you're watching it started great kickoff season uh i'm watching well, yes, as well as a Jersey boy from the movie of the same name, which was great fun. Uh, that was Bob Gaudio. That was that name. But also, a.k.a. also known as Eric Bergen. Thank you oh, for coming okay. on your mother's show. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm so glad that you're no longer working with two tin cans and a string. <laughs> What's wrong with two tin I love that when it was tin cans and a string. No, I'm sure you can bedazzle them. I'm sure they would exactly. work Exactly. It was fun, yeah. fun, fun. All right, Are you so, knitting or decoupaging right now as you do this interview? A little coloring, because you know that's big. Uh, so now, we know, well, no, we don't know. I know you're not a big fan of the crafting world. Yeah, you, you, well, you don't even need me to do this interview. You could actually just have an interview with my son, Eric Bergen. <laughs> you can ask the questions and then answer for me. <laughs> okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? We're, that was quick. That no, was listen, good. No, listen, I know I'm not going to pretend to anyone. I'm going to tell the truth right up front that basically you couldn't stand any of the art supplies or crafting anything. And I do believe they threw you out of art in school so there's where that stands but yeah but the reason besides that i love you and you're fun that i wanted to interview you is you have your own art you've worked very hard 20 years acting all that stuff so same kind of you know same kind of uh analogy parallel here with people wanting to make a living from their art their passion it's my 20th anniversary of needing attention Well, professionally. I certainly needed it before then, too. But it's 20 years of professionally needing attention. (sighs) All right. Well, with that, let me ask some good questions here. Uh, Okay. Yeah. 20 years. What was your first memory of wanting to uh, get attention, also known as wanting to (laughs) perform? 
Well, I, I don't. This is going to sound so weird, but I don't. Oh, really? That should be. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Yeah. Go no, ahead. I don't. I don't remember ever not. You know, wanting to be a performer. I. I, I wasn't. It, 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 it was. It's not that it was clear as day that that's all I wanted to do. It was sort of the other way, which was I thought everyone did this. I, I didn't realize that there were such things as bankers and lawyers and, you know, teachers. Well, I, I didn't realize that. Though, I, thought, I mean, come on. I, well, yeah, but I thought everyone okay. did their jobs and then, you know, did shows at night. I thought everyone was somehow, in, I, w- I didn't understand why you wouldn't be in that. Got so I, 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 I sort of thought that show business was everything. Um, I, I don't remember, I don't necessarily know my f- first memory I know an early one, you and dad brought me to my first concert ever, which was Whitney Houston at uh, Madison Square Garden, which I believe was in July of 1989. And what I remember, it wasn't like I was some crazy Whitney Houston fan or or anything, but it was, uh, you know, I think I was like three or four years old. And I and I don't know what you two were doing, bringing a, a three-year-old or four-year-old to a Whitney Houston concert at the Garden, but uh, you, you, thankfully you did. You asked for and the it ticket. was yes. Well, I guess that answers that. I do. And yeah, and I think it was noticing that someone could do something in a, with a in a big way with a big light show and dancers and sparkly costumes and thirty thousand people. We're standing there watching and screaming, and and you know it was the experience. Um, it wasn't like I. It wasn't like when I was young. I listened to, you know, you often hear like, oh, I was obsessed with this singer, and they made me want to be a singer. It was the experience of anything live that I was okay. um, uh, obsessed with, and and of course at the time, you know, being the the mid to late eighties and Michael Jackson being everywhere, that was this sort of the you know, the one person that obviously I obsessed upon, but I think it was the I think it was just the experience. It's like I, I'm sure it's like what what um you and your listeners feel like when you go to uh, uh, what do you go to a beading convention? What do you people do? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, be careful. Yeah. Bead fast. No, it's definitely being part of a creative process. It's an energy that you get high. It's from. an energy. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's absolutely an energy. It, it's sort of. I mean, I to this day, I love going to to big shows and big concerts, even if I don't really care for the band, because you know the experience of seeing a great concert and that. I mean, that's really that's my church. That's that's my religion. All right, so tell people, because most of the time, being your mother, um, mm-hmm. people would say to me, how did you make your child get into acting? Now, <laughs> you know. You, you refused to feed me until there I There you go. There you go. <laughs> and so what do you think? Because you know, the truth of the matter is you can't force any. I would tell them you can't force anyone. I mean, let's forget about it. Well, you, you, I, you can, but I have seen... And I, God knows, and I have a list of names. Um, I have seen parents force their children into the performing arts business. And uh, every single time it's the same story, which is that the parents are way more into it than the kids are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's horrifying. It's a, it's an illusion that it isn't a lot of work because truth of the matter is it was auditioning numerous times a day, almost every day from, you know, being young. But I know that was your, your playtime. It wasn't exactly, I don't know. What did you think you you were doing? (laughs) 
I, <laughs> well, again, I thought this is what all kids did. I didn't realize that kids didn't do that. I mean, I, you know, every day after right, school right, right. was a couple of auditions and I, you know, and of course, which I should also explain, you know, how I got started, you know, how it was even, how that started, right, that's which a good is, point. I told people how that happened. Well, there was, there was a, a woman who was a youth talent manager who saw me in a, performing in an after-school program, and her job was sort of to to scout um, new young talent, and that's what she did. And I remember she, and I, I think the story is she went to you and Dad when I was about nine years old, and said she would be interested in meeting with me and possibly signing with me, and you guys said no. Too, too, too early, too soon. And then the next year she came back and it was the same thing. She asked the same question and you guys finally said, okay, well, we'll take a meeting. And it's like 10 years old when I first, you know, signed and got into the business. But, I, and this is what I say a lot, you know, because I, I do talk to a lot of young people who are interested in going into the business, um, especially either going into college or out of college, which is... I, you know, the, the big question for becoming a professional actor is always, how do you get an agent? Um, right. And I'm the worst person to answer that because I wouldn't know. I I fell into it by this this one woman who, uh, you know, just, just saw me perform for the first time. And that's what got me into the industry, per se. And then I grew up in the industry. Now, I wasn't a child star or anything, as far as I can remember. Um, but... It was working in the business um, or auditioning a lot in the business, um, and that's you know that's how I first got into it. But I I didn't I don't I didn't realize that kids didn't do that. To me, what what has made me not sort of lose my mind as as an actor um, is that when I started, I started when I didn't have to put food on the table myself. I wasn't making a living. But it was still just as professional. So I had many years of practice at this before I actually had to make a living at it. And so I had, I had a leg up. It's not like I graduated from college and then, you know, you know, jumped into the industry and, and looked for an agent and tried to, you know, try to, you know, and became a waiter on the side. I never had to do any of that. So a little bit of a different situation for me, but, um, I just, it was all around me from the, from the minute I, I truly had no other interest. And as, as the pictures of me, uh, on the soccer little league team show, um, do you manage? I never saw those. Do you have any? It's cause they don't exist. Ah, okay. Well, here's the thing. Let me ask you then. So it's all you knew, but I'm thinking, um, do you, is that how, because the truth is you have to be professional. You have to be professional. I mean, I remember the first time I said to you, you didn't want to go to one audition. And I said, well, you can call your agent because I'm not going to. And that stopped, turned right. you around. So you have to be professional. The young kids that are working, uh, did you know what professional was? Or was it just that you really liked what you were doing? Well, I definitely didn't know what professional was. I really liked what Acting I was doing. Professional is what I should say, like how to act in a room, because because they don't expect you to act like children. They expect you to act like professional children. Right, right. Well, that you sort of learned a little bit by being told, obviously, mm-hmm. by my manager and things like that. But but mostly it's by watching it. Mostly it's by it's by seeing it in other people. Um, okay. Mostly it's you know you see you see. You see it around you. And just like any child growing up 
in, in in a relationship with their parents, you know, you sort of test the waters. How much can I get away with? How much can I do before, you know, you get uh, disciplined by your parent? The same thing sort of goes for when you're a working actor. It's it's sort of the same thing. Uh, and the 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 committee of people that raised me. Um, <laughs> you know, aside from you and dad, you know, they, they also did their fair amount of discipline, but that's how you learn. And that's how you, you, that's how you get through it. Well, do you think, is, you think, hmm, I'm just wondering if there's one thing clearly that you have to know that kids have to bother going into their profession. You know, is there one thing you can identify? Um, I, you know, I could identify when well, I had kids. you have but, to love it. You have to love it. But you Honestly, know what? I mean, that, the, this, where, what part? Because this is what I think gets confusing with parents. They said, oh, my child loves to be a ham. Oh, oh, like, right. Just be, no. just because the, you think they're cute and funny. You're right. And so not that's make, not right. it. And I'm wondering if there's a clear well, way to put Well, that's what it is. It's, it's the thing. It's the thing that doesn't have a word, and it's the I thing know. that you don't really know what it is. It's like what I always think about is – I remember, you know, I used to watch American Idol before it became too upsetting for me to watch. I just, I just don't like to watch. I can't watch any of those competition shows because I can't stand anyone being judged, you know, based on something that we, you know, something that they really love to do. Mm -hmm. But what I remember thinking is when they were showing the really bad auditions, you know, the people who were, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and it was always people who were really bad, really, really tone deaf singers that always were convinced that they were really good and that the judges didn't know what they were talking about as if they had some vendetta against them. Now we could all hear that they were bad. Right. And obviously maybe there's some psychological thing going on there, but you have to wonder what is it that the professional singers feel that they don't like, I I always wonder about myself. It was like, is this, is somebody eventually going to tell me that I'm one of those people? Like, is it, is it all a joke? Are people afraid to tell me that I'm actually completely tone deaf? Now I have a resume of work to, that shows me otherwise, but do you know what I mean? It's like what that, that thing that, that for lack of a better term, that X factor, uh, you know, who's to say what it is. But always think it's like, when did you know that you were good? When did you know that you were good at what you do? And you know, it always annoys me. You know, people ask that of, of people who are working in the business and the people who are working always say, Oh, I'm st- I still don't know. Or they ask them, like, when did you realize you had uh, made it? Or, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Or, and they always, they always say things like, uh, oh, gosh, I'm still wondering, you know, on their fourth, you know, million-dollar movie. Well, that's so the difference, though. It's always when people say that because I know that I'm good. I know that I'm good at what I do. I'm not going to pretend that. But I, I do wonder. It's like, when, uh, how did I know that? How did I figure out that? But that's a whole separate I, thing, and that's a, that's a self-esteem. That's a confidence. That's an X factor. That's very different. Yeah, but there, is a, there saying, is a thing. It's like, how do you know that you're not embarrassing? How do you know... Is you it, you is don't. It just that's, out loud that's, and, that's subjective. You, you can know if you are a working person by if you can support yourself or how much money you're making. And there's a different right. line. You know, it's like, right. you know, there are people, I mean, look at your friend Miranda Sings. Is that embarrassing and terrible? But isn't she successful? 
Oh, well, she, <laughs> yes, but she's actually pretending to be bad. <laughs> yes, but that's even funnier. Right, you know, right. it's like, yes, yeah, she's pretending no, to be I was, terrible. I so. always think about like, if, that my, my friends, I have friends who, who are, I think they're really talented, but haven't found their way into the business yet. They're not working. And then you have to wonder, like, if you sit around long enough without, without, working or someone telling you that you're good, you start to wonder, oh my God, am I one of those people in American Idol that are completely convinced that I sound right, fantastic right. and I'm awful? Um, and I don't know what that is. I don't know what that, what that line is that inside that, that you can hear yourself and you can hear that you are a good singer. How does that make you different from the people who are actually tone deaf, but they hear themselves and think they are. I mean, wh- yeah, yeah. what well, that's is it? That's a whole so, other thing. That, that, I think that involves therapy. Thing. That's a whole different thing. But now, oh. but wait. I thought, this, just... I thought that this is what that no, was. No, 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 no. This isn't all. Oh. Uh, but wait, you're on a good point there. Now I totally lost my train of thought talking about knowing it's good. It, I mean, I think it also reflects back <laughs> if you get work. I mean, if you get work, you know, and you get hired again. Yeah, but there are people who, but there are people who around this world who love doing their art and aren't doing it in a professional way that that they have no tool to measure their success or not. Do you know what I mean? Um, in, in acting and singing, I think it's very easy. But I think, I don't know, visual art? How do you measure that? Well, it's either, there's not just one way. You're either, like I said, you're either making a living at doing what you love or you're doing what you love not for making a living. It, it's right. sort of, you know, and, and they're both are successful. It's just which one do you want, you know? Right. Can you right. do one or the other? I mean, I think that's, right. you know, really what's in there. I mean, did you find, right. all right, so let's just go back to doing the child part for anyone who has kids this way. Did you find, like, what was, maybe I don't want to hear this, oh, but what was the worst pitfall about? What, that's not even a good word. What was, like, the worst part about being or was there a worse part about being professional? Well, no, because for, for me there wasn't. Honestly, there, there wasn't because I wasn't a child star. I mean, I, I know people who were child stars. I know, thank God. Um, and that, that, I'm no. glad the internet wasn't around for you then because that was then. <laughs> no, but it's like, you know, that and that element you do miss a bit of the normal childhood. Um, and I can't because say that I had Because of the attention, a, you're saying, from people who know who you are at that point. The attention and the work, the, the work schedule. Like if you're a do you kid think on a you would have known? Show, it, but you, do you, didn't you think you were famous? <laughs> <laughs> the question is, do I still think I'm? Do I think? What do I think now? <laughs> I mean, no. As far as I'm concerned, you didn't know any different. So I'm just asking now, as an adult looking back, because you're older, if there was something that you think kids miss out on, or is it just this is what you love anyway? No, because matter. I don't think there's any such thing. What is it that they're missing out on? If they love what they're doing. Right. Then they're not missing out on anything. Right. Okay. Um, that I, you know, that whole thing of it's what I talk to you about all the time. You know, the whole idea of the idea of vacation. You know, as yeah, adults, yeah, yeah. you know, the whole idea is, you know, people go the whole thing of vacation. Where are you going to vacation? It's like I haven't worked hard enough. I haven't. I haven't been. It's rare that I have felt that I am so overworked that I need to step away from doing what I love for. You know, and I know you do the same thing as I do. You like the day vacations, you know, the one day vacations are fine. But the whole like taking a week to go sit on the beach, I'm sorry. Every time, the minute I sit on that beach, all I'm doing is 
there's 10 other things I'd rather be working on or movies I'd rather yeah. be watching or yeah, plays. Yeah, or yeah, to me, that's just not the thing. So if, if, if you're a child actor and there, there are people, by the way, there are, there are child actors that I knew growing up, not really famous ones, but they worked and then they realized it wasn't, you know, it wasn't their thing and they wanted to go to college for something else and they did. And then they, they, they stopped working in the business yeah, and they, they but came out But it's great unscathed. background in your life to just, you know, do all of that. It's a great <clears throat> yeah, I think you miss, I think you really only, you know, and I'm doing air quotes here, miss out if there's something A that you'd rather be doing mm-hmm. or B if you have some really horrible experience you hear about these kids yeah. who grow up on these sitcoms and things like that. Do what you do what you love there. All right, well now let's shoot to the yeah. current. So now you've done Well, we won't talk about that first movie. We could, but then we'd have to show a clip and I can't show a clip. So <laughs> That was good, but you learned a lot. How sweet it is. You're talking, you're talking about how sweet it is. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, well, if you, you know, if, if any of your listeners do enjoy an adult beverage or two yeah. or six, you know, <laughs> do that, and then then you can watch that movie. And then you get to do Jersey Boys with Clint Eastwood, which, hello, yeah. your first, you didn't think you got the movie, and then all of a sudden you do get the movie. Right. Right. Which is one of those, you should always listen to your mother when your mother says to you, I don't think it's over yet. And then all of a sudden, the whole thing gets recast, rechanged, and boop, now it's you. Yeah. That was a pretty cool experience. That was a high, that was a high right? Clint Eastwood directs you in, in the movie you wanted to be in. That's pretty good. Yeah, and that whole experience, the, the getting that job was, was very weird. Um, you know, I was, this was, I had been a part of Jersey Boys, the show, for the, the stage production for three right. years, the first national tour, and then the original company in Vegas. And... Um, and then I was fired from the show and then didn't do the show for a long time. You know, I thought my days of you know, being anything to do with Jersey Boys were gone. And then, and then, but I worked. I mean, I continued to work and have a career and did lots of great projects. Um, and then it was announced that the movie was happening and, and it was going to be directed by uh, John Favreau. And um, it started to go into production. And I had heard, I had heard some names had sort of leaked out that of who had gotten the parts, but nothing was really confirmed. And then, and then the, the movie got canceled. The whole thing got scrapped, um, for budget reasons. And then, so I thought, you know, Oh, okay. So that's over. And, you know, it was, it was hard to hear that it was going to be happening because, you know, when I was doing the show, you think, Oh God, they're going to make a movie of this one day in your wildest dream. Yes. I would. I, of course I thought about being in the movie. I would love that. Yes. And then, you know, you, you go, that's a wildest dream. And I, I'll chase most wild dreams. But this one was like, you know, that's sort of out of my control. But that um, that version of the movie fell apart. And then it ended up, uh, all of a sudden you hear Clint Eastwood is doing it. And it's like, wow, okay. And it was, uh, I got called in and one audition. And that was it. One audition. Clint wasn't even in the room for the audition. It was a videotape, a video camera, and a casting director. And that was it. And it was crazy. It was just crazy to think that that, that was even possible. And then, you know, cut to a year later, and you're seeing posters of yourself with Jersey Boys, the movie, all over, you know, L.A. and New York. It's just bizarre. It was, it's just, it's just one of those things where it felt like it wasn't even me. Like, I was watching it. I was watching some documentary about it, and I was like, oh, look, I'm in that. I mean, it was very bizarre. Well, that's the whole what I thing felt was- last night when I caught HBO, 
that it's on HBO now, and I haven't watched it on TV, and there it comes on, and you're already old. I'm not doing any spoilers. And Oh, you I mean said, the, part, the end of the movie where I have the old age the makeup end. on? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I knew it was you, but it didn't matter, and I was totally <laughs> engaged in the movie. And at the end, when they shoot back to you being young, I'm like, oh, look, there's Eric. So it does get a little <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. Uh, all right. And so now, okay, so now you go on to TV. Like, like tell people... Um, they haven't seen it. Madam Secretary, Tay Leone, how fantastic, fantastic is that woman and everyone on your staff? I mean, we love just, her. Yes. Yeah. I mean, talk about I've been on that set. She runs just a wonderful set. What a lovely woman. Well, it's a very I mean, you talk about it's a really interesting thing because there's so much talk, obviously, right now about, you know, women in the workplace and women in especially in, in media. And this is a, right. a whole show that a show that was really spearheaded by an incredible woman named Nina Tassler the head of entertainment at, at CBS television and, um, uh, and then was created by, uh, by two people, a woman named Barbara Hall, um, who also created the show, um, judging Amy and Joan of Arcadia. And she was a, a writer on, um, Homeland, I think for season three, I want to say. Um, and Barbara created the show and it's produced by, um, another incredible woman, uh, named Laurie McCreary, who who runs a production company with Morgan Freeman, and um, uh, and then and of course fantastic it's led, women to be around. It's really and they are, and it's led by Tay Leone, of course, fantastic. who is just fantastic, a genius both on and off screen, and yeah. one of the most nice, fun women ever. Um, and it's really interesting to be a, a part of this sort of, and of course, it's about a female Secretary yeah. of State. That's no, great. It's really, really. Uh, quite uh, a thrill to be around and it's um you know it's just it's doing so well you know when you when you wake up on monday morning and you hear that 14 million people watched you on television the night before it's really it's good um it's a fun thing it's a really that thrill now success. if i could just get all of you to give me a dollar that would be great all right but right, well, now let me ask you something because all the people who are um blake Moran fans. I sort of, yeah. you know, I, I really wish I had a Blake. Sometimes, well, it's fun when you act like Blake around me. How much yeah. do you identify with that character? With Blake? Yeah. Well, I think, I, I mean, I do. I mean, you know, when they just, when they, when they first sent me the script, the part was sort of written, it was described in the, in the sort of the character description mm-hmm. um, as, you know, her office manager, her, her assistant, she sort of runs the office um, and very, very put together and Kennedy-esque. And I was like, okay, but I brought what, what I just sort of, you know, the, the, what they had said to, what, the, what was known about the character was in going, uh, Elizabeth McCord, who is the character that Taya plays, you know, she gets the job in the first episode of the series. And she's really an outsider. She's never worked in politics. She was in the CIA. So she takes over this job of Secretary of State uh, because the previous Secretary of State, a guy, has died. And um, she inherits all of the staff that he had. So they're not her people except for me. She brings me along from her previous job. So I'm really her only, I'm her guy. Right. Um, and sort of the only one that she can trust and right. all that. So I sort of thought of myself as an outsider too, that my character right. Got it. hasn't necessarily worked in government, doesn't know how to really play that game, but he feels protected by her and he knows what she likes. Right. So I just sort of started making him 
a little sassier. The part wasn't necessarily written that way. I mean, there were some very funny lines, and there were some very some great some great writing, but it wasn't it wasn't what you would call sassy or anything. It was just little quips here and there, and I just started to play it a little more, testing the waters. Right, you know, and right. he'll say something and then forget that he's working in a government building. Right, 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 right. And then the, the Barbara and the rest of the, the writing staff uh, started to write my character that way. Um, and and now they write it so perfectly. And, and um, it's just it's so much fun. And it's just fun to, to be on a set. I think the most interesting thing for me was the adapting to television, you know, when you get to work on a play in the theater, you know, you have a rehearsal process and whether that rehearsal process is a month or a week, you do get time on your own to develop what it is that you want to do. And then you either, then your show runs for three years or it runs for a week or a month, whatever, or one night. But you get to you get to work on it and perfect it as much as you can before an audience gets to see it. And then, of course, when the audience sees it, you've gotten it to a place where you're comfortable performing it. But then you get to even work on it more. Every night it gets better. In TV, you don't do that. Not only is there no rehearsal because it's just you just have one episode. You just you're shooting one episode at a time. So you just it's. It's fast. Yeah. You have eight days to film an episode, then you go straight to the next episode. You know, you sort of don't even realize that you're filming different episodes. You're just filming one very long movie. Right. Um, but you have to. There's that phrase that you learn in, in acting school, where you basically you you learn all the different methods and you you study everything and you do all of your you know actors' homework and you go over what your character had for breakfast and all of that you know, acting school crap. And then your your job is to sort of forget it. It's just to have it in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. And that's where it comes into play. You know, you, you on television, you have to walk onto a set. And this was true for, for, for the Jersey Boys movie as well. You know, you walk onto a set that you've never seen before and you have your lines, but there's no real blocking, you don't really know where to go, and they just sort of, on the spot, you just sort of make it up, you, you're meeting the fellow actors for the first time, right. and you're just, you just have to have the freedom and ability to trust your talent and play, and then yeah, eventually you yeah, can get to a spot where you're comfortable with it, and somebody presses record on a video camera, and Ten minutes later, you'll probably think, oh, there was something I'd rather... Now I figured it out. Now there's something I, I, I know how to do that scene. Now I figured it out. But you already shot it. You've already moved on. So you have to get better at getting more and more comfortable in your playing. Um, uh, you know, And just be kids in a sandbox. Because 14 million people are going to see you. And there's no rehearsal process. So it's a very interesting... The, the, the adaption from... from from you know, you really get your training in theater um, as an actor, but you learn to build your bag of tricks in television. Well, tell everyone so you, they get an idea of. Let's say there's a scene and it's I don't know four minute, three minutes, 
in the Oval uh-huh. Office. Let's say it's a three-minute right. scene in the Oval Office. How many? How long did that take to film? Approximately five hours. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you're not kidding. <laughs> no, no. Then I'm being conservative. Yeah. So just I wanted people to understand what the reality is behind behind that stuff is. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's it's a we were shooting the other day a five page scene. And how many, how many minutes is that in TV time? Is that you don't really think of it in minutes. You don't okay. think of it in minutes in television. You think of it as pages. The, okay. You get done somewhere in between uh, seven to ten pages a day. A ten is oh, extreme. Okay. If you can okay. film okay, got ten it. pages okay. a day, you—that's you know you, you you know you're filming ten pages a day when you walk in in the morning, and there's already fear on everyone's faces. Okay. Um, because that uh, uh, a four four or five page scene is six hours. Okay, got it. I, that's yeah. it's just good for people to know that because there's you know how much goes into it. It looks so like anything in the arts. Yeah. It, which yeah. is a good sign, any art, when it looks so easy and whatever, when you watch it, wear it, you know, view it, enjoy it, eat it, any of those things, right. the amount of hours that goes into it. Oh, the whole the whole object of any part of the arts, wh- whatever your job is, let's just use a TV show as an example, um, is is to make it look like not a TV show. The right. whole the whole objective of a cameraman's job is to tell the story that's being told in the best way without the camera being noticeable. Right. So it's, it's, so and the same like goes there. So you feel like you're in the room. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, right. tell what's, do you have any pet peeves? In the TV world land, or actually, pet oh, peeves. Oh, I was going to say there are certain uh, the word "delish." I, I, I can't. Oh, take. I know we know we we know we don't like that. Oh. Uh, um, no, but in in the entertainment world, what's your biggest pet peeve? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I. Oh gosh, I, I feel like I have so many of them, but I'm trying to be kind. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't really get the. There, well, there I know poor fitting, poor fitting costuming is a pet. <laughs> Wait, what was it? What? Poor fitting costuming. I know is very oh, important. Oh, yeah. fit. Yeah, but the, I was thinking more about you know getting facts straight or I sort of have a little bit of a. Well, ha- I mean, I think half-assery in any. That's true. That makes you crazy, right? In any job in the arts. Poorly is done. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. That sort of just drives me nuts because, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, why, why, why this is being, you, you know, this is the name wrong. Sl- you had one job and you didn't spell the right. name right. Yeah. Right. It's like, I get it when, you know, the people at the star, the, the Starbucks baristas can't spell your name right, but it's like, yeah. really, uh, I'm on the show and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really? Um, no, I think I, I don't know. Uh, pet peeves. Gosh. I, oh, you know, pet peeves is um, when someone who's not in the arts thinks they know about uh, your job more than you do. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. There was a guy, you know, okay, so for example, I was working, when I was doing Jersey Boys in Las Vegas, in the stage production in Vegas, we were at the Palazzo Hotel, which is attached to the Venetian, 
Mm-hmm. And both of those hotels uh, were part uh, are part of a, a big conglomerate, you know, corporate entity called Sands Corp. Uh, Sands Corporation, Sands being the hotel that was you know in Vegas where the Venetian now is, and. Sands Corp is owned by a man named Sheldon Sheldon Adelstein. Sheldon Adelstein, I think, is that is his name, um, who's um, a you, you know a billionaire right now. No, I'm not. I, I, I right. don't care enough. Okay, good. Um, okay. But his uh, and he's a he has uh, a lot of money, and he gives a lot of money to conservative um, politicians. He's mm-hmm. he's a conservative Republican. Um, and and puts his money into causes that he believes in. I, now, I've I've never met the guy. I don't know him. I I don't. I very little about him. Um, uh, he I to my knowledge, he never saw Jersey Boys when we were there. I mean that you know I I have nothing to do with him. But someone I just remember people someone saying something to me, and I don't even remember who this person was, but saying something you know going off about how can you accept money from that man you know he signs your checks and it was like no he doesn't i work for an entertainment company that rents out space from that like you know what i mean it had nothing yeah, yeah. to do but just but getting the assumption, the truth correct right and i think that that goes for so much of the of the arts that because people people think that they just know i think the, the other pet peeve is uh, fellow, being with friends of mine, you know, fellow fellow actors who aren't necessarily working right now, or you know, something going through a dry spell or whatever it is, as, as any artist, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we go out to dinner or something, and like we split the dinner, and they'll say like, oh, what, you can't pay for my dinner? You know, you're on TV, don't you have all the-? that assumption that I'm now a billionaire from a television show? It's like. Right. You have no clue how this works. Right, 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 right. I, I get that I have currently more money than you, but right. like, really, <laughs> you don't, you don't know. You have right, no right, clue. Right. Well, that's true. Those always in things. life, people make assumptions. Right. It's always yeah. I think the, the assumption about one's career or happiness because they have a TV that that someone has got it all made because yeah. they have what you want is. Uh, very backwards thinking. That's and everything, but you will take me out for lunch next week, right? Fine. Okay. <laughs> because you are well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen, I'm going to end with. That's it. No. Well, that's enough. I don't want people <clears throat> to know too much about you. Um, no. I'm going to end with, but you know, I am going to say you are doing a little bonus for people who have the actual app and are not listening to the um, website. You're going to talk about your best advice for people who want to go professional, serious, serious stuff here, because that's what people always want to know. And you need the app to hear that. You need the app to hear that. That stuff's only on the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Does it mean I have to download your app? Uh, Yeah. Um, But I did. I want to do this again with you. The who does it? They have to do the quick. Um, I will. Um, okay. The quick one round things where you say a word and you say the first word that starts in your that's in your head. Oh God, this is pressure. I was. Who started that though? Why am I trying to think about it? Was it wasn't uh, Oprah? Was it? Who started? Was it Supermarket Sweep? <laughs> round Robin. Oh, it's sad. That was our favorite show. It probably was. Okay, so sh- I'm going to give you them, and you have to give me your first word. And they're not what you think they're going to be. So I'm changing them around. Okay, here we go. Oscar. <laughs> Please. 
Not the grouch. Be- begging. Begging. <laughs> Not the grouch. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering which way you go. Tony? Ooh. <laughs> okay. That was, that was the answer. Okay. Emmy? Uh-huh. Grammy? Maybe. Broadway? Please. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, you are too much. All right. That's so, it? Well, what it, would you like to talk about crafting a bit? Oh God, no! What I what is it with? The All right, crafting? I know what I know what. Um, share with everyone what you're doing. Pretty exciting for your birthday coming up. This oh, I'm get, I get to plug things. Well, first of all, yeah, no, November eighth. All right, November eighth. November eighth. Right. I'm going to be just outside Chicago in this town called Arlington Heights, Illinois. It's like 45 minutes outside of Chicago. Uh, I'm, I'll be in concert there. I'm bringing my band and doing the concert, um, uh, and that's going to be a blast. Um, they are always uh, fun. Are you going to do a full band? I'm going to do a smaller band than than, uh, than I did in the New York and L.A. shows, but it's going to be fun, um, changing changing it up a little bit. But you know my concerts; they're a party. It's, they're, it's they're definitely. And is Michael Orland coming to be your musical director? He's not. Ooh. He's very busy working with other famous right. people, but. Um, but it's at the Metropolis, I think it's called Performing Arts Center, Metropolis Arts. Um, and I'll, you know, the link will be on the Craftcast, the show notes, as it's called. I'll, yep. I'll send you that, Mom. Thank you. And, uh, and then, of course, Las Vegas, December 31st. Yeah, baby. New Year's Eve at yeah. the Smith Center. I'll be hosting uh, an incredible New Year's Eve concert um, with uh, Patina Miller, who is on Madam Secretary with yes. me, as well as some other um, brilliant, brilliant singers. Um, and that'll be, that'll, that'll be, be a party. Yeah. That'll be a oh, big yeah. old party. Yeah. And then in April, I'll be doing my own solo show in Vegas again. Um, so that'll be, that'll be exciting. Fun. Uh, but, but yeah, so yeah, so everything is, everything is good. Um, good. Yeah, no and in Vegas, you know, New Year's for Vegas is, is my 30th birthday. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sort of aware having been there. I'm 30. <laughs> Goodbye. It was nice talking to you. <laughs> Are you upset? No, it is time. It's that point. It's time to say goodbye. When you didn't say Oscar the Grouch, I realized, oh, forget it. So. You have to do with my friend. Uh, my friend Stephen and Kenny have a podcast that they record the whole thing live, and it's on a um, the the intro and outro music is already built in. Yeah. So. The outro music just starts to play at a certain point. That's how you know when it's Yeah, over. you're done. Well, yeah, it's like that. Do, 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 yeah, exactly. Do, 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 do. Well, I do thank you for doing this, though. Oh, sure. It was a pleasure. Anytime. And lunch is on you next week. I hear crickets. Okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, we talked a bit. But it was fun, right? I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, And remember, if you want to hear the bonus uh, information that Eric gives is only available on the CraftCast app, which you can get through the iTunes store, or if you're listening to the uh, podcast today at the CraftCast.com site, you'll see the link there. Uh, And the the, um, question was, you know, for him to give his best advice for being professional in the acting world, how to get professional, how to go professional. Uh, So... Definitely well worth, uh, if you're interested in that arena, uh, the two ninety nine because of that app. Plus, you know, it's forever. You can listen to all the bonus information on on um, 
all the podcasts. So enjoy that. Uh, I, as I like to say, one of my favorite things I heard that I've sort of paraphrased is, it seems impossible until it's done. So that's how I'm feeling right now. That's how I felt about getting married, a wedding, a new website. It all seemed impossible until it's done. So <sighs> glad to be here chatting with all of you again. Make sure you come over to craftcast.com. If you're listening to this before October 28th, 2015, sign up for uh, the free I Love Tools webinar where you get to see uh, and hear um, from all great teachers, lots of new crafting supplies and tools. We have a blast. Uh, if not, you can make sure you go over to craftcast.com and watch the recording and still get the PDF with all the links and resources. You might have missed out on some of the coupon codes, uh, as well as check out all the new classes that are live uh, for this fall, 2015, on craftcast.com. So there you go. And you know what I have to say until next time. Get your butt in the chair and keep crafting. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen.